Hey, I'm Amy from Rebel Nutrition, and you're listening to Wealthy, Worthy, and Wild, a podcast focused on helping you live your most abundant life, whatever that means to you. From money, to entrepreneurship, to manifestation, to wellness and beauty hacks, to the occasional Real Housewives reference, if you're ready to start becoming your next level self, the future version of you who's doing, being, and attracting everything you desire, and having fun while you do it, you are in the right place, and it's time to start showing up as this version of you right now. Let's get into the show. Hi everyone and welcome back to my channel. If you're new around here, hi, welcome. I'm Amy from Rebel Nutrition. I am a multi seven figure online course creator and over the past five years I've created over eight different online courses on topics like minimalism, nutrition, human design, Instagram, email marketing, and most recently my online course academy which has now helped over 3,000 students create their own profitable online courses. Thank you so much for being here today. Most of my videos kind of go in depth about something related to online course creation. So if you're interested in any anything like choosing a course topic, how to price your course, et cetera, you can go check out the other videos on my channel. But today's video is gonna be really fun. We're gonna do kind of more of a personal Q&A chit chat, which I thought would be really fun just because sometimes, I gotta be honest with you, I get a little tired of talking about only online courses and I wanna be like a little bit more personal with you guys and just have a little bit more fun. So I got a bunch of questions from you guys on Instagram and I'm gonna go ahead and just dive in. Okay, so the first question is, can you please do a spa treatment guide with all of your favorite non-traditional treatments? So those of you who follow me on Instagram know that I am all about the spa. I go to the spa probably once or twice, sometimes more <laughs> per week, and I love trying different facial treatments specifically. So I'm going to kind of just go through a few of my favorites here in LA and the things that I ask for so that if you want to you know, find somebody who does something similar where you live, you can do that. So number one is buckle massage. Buckle massage is where they go in your mouth. They're wearing gloves, <laughs> obviously, um, but they're like, it's really good for if you have TMJ or jaw pain, neck tension, or just like hold a lot of puffiness in your face. What the buckle massage does is like releases the muscles inside of your mouth. So highly recommend that if like I said, especially if you're somebody who has TMJ and you can literally just Google, like if you're not in LA, just Google buckle massage. Um, I also look for lymphatic drainage massage. Um, and these are different than like if you just go to a spa and get a regular type of facial. If you're looking for buckle massage or lymphatic drainage, that's those are the massages that you guys see on my Instagram where like they're literally beating up my face <laughs> in the best way, like really going in and massaging my face. And those are the types of massages that I really like um, because I tend to hold a lot of like water in my face or puffiness and it just makes you feel snatched when you leave. Um, it's perfect like before a photo shoot or something like that. Now, a couple of my favorite places, if you are in LA that I love to go, I'm not gatekeeping here because you guys need to know about these places. Number one is Kosha Spa. Um, that's where I go for like 
all of my favorite buccal massage lymphatic treatments. They do a lot of different types of facials like that. Um, it's very holistic. They don't do any like peels or corrective facials, but it's like all facial massage. Highly, highly recommend. Um, Sula Face is in West Hollywood. I really like them. They also have a body treatment. It's like a body lymphatic massage that I have not tried yet, but it sounds amazing as well. Um, Honest Rituals in Topanga Canyon. Definitely recommend. Um, book with my girl Vivian. And then for body lymphatic massage. So again, it's kind of the same situation that I've been talking about on your face, but body lymphatic drainage is for your entire body. And that's also amazing, especially like if you just get back from a flight and you're feeling like a little bit puffy and you want to get rid of water weight, highly recommend that. And you can check out Miss Lymph. Um, she is amazing. She's a friend of mine. Go see her. Tell her I sent you. She's also in L.A. And I will link all of these people um, in the description box below, too, so you can go follow them, find them, book with them. Now, for more corrective types of things, um, like for example, I have melasma and hyperpigmentation, dark spots on my face that I'm always trying to work on. And you're looking for something a little bit more aggressive, like a peel or microneedling or a laser or something like that. Um, I highly recommend checking out Jen Hollander in Beverly Hills. She's amazing. She also does my Botox. She can also do filler, but she's somebody who is very conservative about those things. So if you're worried about like looking crazy, you don't want to get overfilled. She's also very careful. It, like if you if you do have melasma or hyperpigmentation, you have to be really careful about the things that you do to not make it worse. And she's somebody that I really, really trust. So highly recommend her again if you are in L.A. And something that I do that I think is like a little known secret that people don't talk about a lot is if you're somebody who does not want to do lip filler, but you want your lips to appear a little bit larger. <laughs> Jen Hollander does this thing called a Botox lip flip. It's where they literally put just a tiny bit of Botox like right above your top lip. And what it does is it kind of when you smile, it kind of forces your top lip to like roll up a little bit. So it looks like your lips are a little bit bigger um, without doing filler. Now it does kind of make your lips feel a little bit weird. I've heard some people say that they like can't drink out of a straw for like a month or something after they get it. I have also noticed that it doesn't really bother me. I like the results so much that I like am willing to deal with the weirdness drinking a straw. Um, but I really love that. It's kind of like a unique treatment that I do. And then last but not least, I think the one of the number one things like, OK, a little bit of context. When I show pictures, you guys, of when I started my business, which was like five years ago, and then pictures of me now, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, you look like a totally different person. Like you had such a glow up. Maybe I can insert like a before and after here. And it's kind of crazy because I really didn't do anything that crazy other than darken my hair back to the natural color, um, start really focusing on skincare, getting Botox. And then the last, I think, most important thing that has completely changed my face is microblading. I used to have like severely overplucked brows. I mean, I think we all did this back in the day. Um, but getting microblading really changed my face and for the better, <laughs> like in such a natural way. People are kind of like, what did you do? But they can't really pinpoint it. It's the microblading. Okay. So I went to Johanna and she's also in Beverly Hills. Her name is Unfade Brows on Instagram. She did a lot of the people that were on The Bachelor and that's how I found her. And all of them had like these really natural, beautiful microblading jobs on their eyebrows. And I was like, I have to do that. So that would be my kind of ultimate guide to unique beauty treatments that I've done here in L.A. And again, if you're not in L.A., you can literally just Google any of the things that I just said. Get a personal recommendation. That's usually like 
the way that I find the most success finding somebody um, and let me know how it goes. Okay, next question. What is your typical daily schedule like? I got this question a lot. So I'm going to take you guys through what a typical day looks like. And of course, the caveat here is that I work for myself. So really not every single day always looks the exact same. I completely honestly like don't have a lot on my schedule ever because when I do have things on my schedule, when I have a fully booked out schedule, it stresses me the fuck out. It makes me feel uninspired. I hate having a bunch of things on my to-do list. Like I hate having a bunch of appointments on my schedule or things that I have to do because literally the reason why I started a business in the first place was so that I could have complete control of my time and my schedule and never feel like I was obligated to sit in a Zoom call for eight hours a day. You know what I mean? Having said that, I'm still pretty disciplined on knowing like the tasks that I need to do on any given day and I make sure to get them done in whatever kind of schedule that looks like. (laughs) Um, So I'd say most days I wake up around 7 a.m. Usually pretty naturally, like that's when the sun comes up and I just wake up naturally. I don't use an alarm because I feel like that's just bad for your cortisol to wake up to an alarm. So even if there is a certain time that I need to wake up, I usually ask my husband, Eric, to wake me up at that time because he gets up before me. Um, And it's just a lot gentler, nicer way to wake up. I usually will have breakfast, usually avocado toast, um, a iced cappuccino, do a little bit of computer work. Then I will usually do some sort of workout. Um, If I have a lot of like computer work to do on a certain day, usually I will just walk on my Peloton treadmill and get as much computer work done at the same time while I'm walking as possible because I cannot sit at a computer (laughs) like ever. If it's not a work heavy day, then I'll usually either go for a hike or go to Pilates. But honestly, those are really the only like workouts that I do. Um, After that, I will shower, get ready for the day, have lunch. Um, And then in the afternoon, afternoons really vary. I will either film videos for like YouTube, record a podcast, film reels, um, or do a little bit of computer work. Or like I said at the beginning of this video, a couple times a week, I have some sort of like beauty or spa appointment that I'm going to, whether that's a facial, massage, um, hair, eyebrows, skin, something. I'd say usually two times a week I have some sort of appointment like that in the afternoon and that will take up like a large majority of my afternoon. And then after that, I usually don't feel like doing much. And then around like 5 p.m. is usually like the hard deadline for when I'm done working. Eric's done working, so we'll usually take the dogs for a walk. Um, And then around 6, 7 p.m., we'll go to Erwan, which is like a bougie grocery store, get dinner and kind of just chill for the rest of the night. Honestly, I that's one of the things I love so much about running my own business is that my days can be pretty relaxed. Like, again, I always know what I need to get done and I always make sure to get it done, but it's done in a really flexible way. So I never feel like I'm like having to force myself to get stuff done. Friendships, quantity or quality, how tight should your circle be? So I have got to be honest with you guys. I don't have a ton of close friends in person, like in real life. I feel like I have so many connections with people who live in different countries, different cities, on social media, which is amazing because social media, Instagram allows you to connect with people all over the world. But in real life, um, I have a very tight knit group of people who I would consider friends or that I hang out with on a regular basis. So I'd really say that quality over quantity is really the most important thing for me. And I think part of that is also just like 
unique to you and your personality. I am really introverted. So I actually am not somebody who wants to be hanging out and going to a social event like every single day of the week. That would be exhausting for me. I really, really value my alone time and I need a lot of alone time to to recharge and have enough energy to get work done in my life and just be a functioning human. So something that I really pay attention to in, in terms of friendships or like meeting out with people in a social situation is I look at how my energy is after I'm done hanging out with that person. Do I have more energy after being with them or do I have less energy? Um, and that gives me a really good kind of barometer of is is this person that I'm hanging out with more of a faucet or a drain? Are they giving me energy or are they draining my energy? Um, and I like friendships to feel like an equal balance of give and take. So if I don't feel like that, then it's really just, this is going to sound harsh, but it's not worth my time to um, hang out with somebody. So <laughs> hopefully that doesn't sound bad, but that's how I feel. And I'm very introverted. And I think anybody who is really introverted and protective of their energy will get what I'm putting out. How long did it take you to create the Online Course Academy and how long did it take to scale to six figure per month income? Okay, great question. Um, and a lot of people, it's like one of the biggest questions I get is how long does it take to create an online course? So to be honest, it took me about three months to create Online Course Academy um, and a little bit of specifics there. It took me three months, but I'd say I was only working Monday through Friday. I would usually take weekends off and I was only working in the afternoon. So I'd work from like noon or one until like 5 p.m. So no more than five hours a day. And I say that just because if anybody is thinking of creating a course right now and maybe they're working another job or they have a lot of other responsibilities, I just want you to know that it is totally possible to create an online course even if you have other things going on. You can kind of like make it fit your schedule and it's not going to take you, it shouldn't take you nine months, 12 months if you're focused on like getting it out. And also during this time too, I did not have a team whatsoever. It was literally me and my husband who was doing all of the um, video editing of the videos I was creating. But other than that, it was 100% all me. I didn't have anybody helping me at that time. So again, if you do have somebody helping you, you have somebody editing for you um, and you can really focus and hone your energy on your course creation, it should not take you more than three months. And if it does, it's probably because you're a perfectionist and you're trying to go back and add more and make things more perfect and redo this, redo that. And what I would tell you if you're in that place right now where you find yourself in that place is it's okay to launch quickly and maybe not have it maybe not have everything perfect and just know that you're gonna reiterate you're gonna go back and tweak things add things edit things based on the feedback from your students the most important thing though is just that you get your course launched because I'd say the number one reason why people are unsuccessful with course creation is because they're waiting for it to be perfect and they're not actually launching it. <laughs> so that is completely within your control. Just get it out there, get it done, and you can always go back and tweak it and make it better in the future. And then how long did it take me to get to six figures a month in income from that course? So the very first time I launched Online Course Academy, I made over six figures from that launch, which was insane to me at the time. I think I only had, I mean, this was still a large audience. I think I had around 50,000 followers, but it's still much less than I have now. And at the time, Online Course Academy was about half the price <laughs> that it is now. So to have made over 100,000 on that very first launch was truly mind-blowing to me. But after that first live launch, it took me around a year and a half, two years until I was hitting 
six figures, multiple six figures every single month from that course. And I think that's because of a few reasons. Number one, during those two years, I grew my audience a lot. So online courses to some extent are a numbers game. The larger audience that you have, the more you can expect to sell. Um, The course price went up because I added so many more lessons, new updates. I kept making it better and tweaking it like I kind of mentioned before. And then lastly, and I think this was maybe the most important tweak that I made was that instead of just live launching every couple of months online course academy, I put it on a passive evergreen funnel, which meant that my course was then selling every single day, every single week, every single month, whether I was launching or not. Um, And this is something that is now a lesson that is added into Online Course Academy that I teach you guys how to do. But that was really the biggest game changer for me and the way that I was able to start making six figures in passive sales every single month without live launching. And that freed up so much time and energy for me to kind of like just explore new things in my business, create more content, go to the spa more often really a game changer, like I said, but also I think a good reminder too, that like it didn't happen overnight. It took me two years, a little over two years from when I started creating it until the point where I was making multiple six figures a month. So I think sometimes our expectations need to be managed a little bit. I don't want somebody thinking that if they're like starting from absolutely zero right now, that a month from now, they're going to be making six figures a month. I mean, it could happen, but likely it will take a little bit of tweaking and refining. Okay, here's a good personal one. Did you clearly communicate in the start of your relationship that you don't want kids? How did he react? So I've been very honest about the fact that I don't think that I want to have children. Um, But I will say, just to answer your question, I never said I don't want kids. I'm very careful to not use language like always or never because I'm also somebody who changes their mind a lot and I like to keep my options open. So in the future, maybe one day I'll wake up and I'll really want kids. Um, I don't see that happening because I've never felt that maternal urge or instinct, um, but I'm open to it. But yes, when I first met Eric, which is now like, what, 14 years ago almost, Um, pretty much from like the very beginning, he knew that I was not somebody who necessarily wanted kids. I've never been somebody who was like, oh, let me hold your baby. I've never really had that maternal instinct or just desire to have them. I think it's great that other people want kids. I don't dislike kids. I just really love my own time. And maybe that some people would consider that to be selfish, but I feel like I'm self-aware enough to know that I would prefer to just do whatever I want every every single day of my life. Um, so yes, he knew from probably maybe not day one, but like a couple days in. And I think at first he, like a lot of other people, was not off put by it, but he was kind of like surprised because I think most people, especially in like my generation, grew up just thinking that that's what you do. You get married, you have kids, you buy a house, you work the same job for the rest of your life, and then you retire. And I have always been somebody who just questioned the status quo in every single aspect of my life. Like, well, why are we doing that? Why is that considered normal? Do I actually want to do that? Or is that just what society is telling me I should do? So I knew kind of from a young age that I was sort of like, hmm, I don't really think that kids is for me, um, but I'm open to it in the future. And I still, you know, feel the exact same way. I think I also thought that by my age now that I would change my mind. And I don't know if that's because everybody I ever talked to in my whole life was like, oh, just wait, you know, once you're once you're married and you're older, like you'll change your mind. And I was kind of like, okay, yeah, like I'm open to it. I still haven't changed my mind. So (laughs) I think that might be flawed advice. How do you stay in such great shape? 
Well, first of all, thank you. Um, I get this question a lot, especially while I'm traveling. People are like, how do you stay in such great shape when you're eating croissants all the time? Um, Honestly, I walk a lot. That's really, I think, the main thing. I walk a lot. I'd say around maybe five miles a day. Even when I'm traveling, I try and get in steps. I love walking rather than like taking a car. Uh, But I don't really do any intense workouts at this point. Maybe Pilates once a week, like I said. Um, But that's really it. And then in general, like my food, I like eating healthy. So it's not really... I'm not really somebody who's like ever eating fast food or indulging a ton just because I don't like crave those types of foods. Now, I do love croissants. I do love champagne. I love a spicy margarita. But again, those are things that I maybe maybe have like a couple times a week. So I think it all kind of balances out. What's a show other than Real Housewives that you are watching and loving? Okay, So you guys know I'm obsessed with Real Housewives. That's probably my favorite genre. And I think the reason being, like, just to give you some context, is that I feel like, especially as entrepreneurs, we're always working on self-development. We're always improving ourselves. We're always, like, I don't know, in a certain sense, like, taking ourselves really seriously. So when I am looking for a show to watch, I want something that's completely mindless and entertaining and that's not too serious. I'm also really sensitive. So if I watch something that's, like, too um, intense or upsetting at night, it can really affect like how I sleep. It can affect me the next day, the next week. Um, Any other empaths out there, I think probably feel a similar way, but I have to kind of be careful about the shows that I'm watching to make sure they're not going to like be deeply ingrained in my psyche and like affect me for the next week. So that's why I love Real Housewives. But lately, Eric and I have been binging old seasons of Survivor. I love Survivor. It is it's a show that I've loved since I was like eight years old. Um, I love the competitive aspect. I think it's just so interesting, like the the social game of like how how people work with each other and are like deceptive towards each other. It's just like it's just so fascinating to me. But another show that I would say, which is totally going back on my like I don't like to watch anything too intense before bed. But you guys, this is the craziest show I think I've ever seen besides Lost, which Lost was obviously kind of back in the day. But Yellow Jackets, if you're somebody who I don't even like know how to explain this show. I've never watched a show in a genre like this before. And usually I'm somebody who only likes reality TV. (laughs) You have to watch Yellow Jackets. It's a little bit gross, like gory gross, but the story is insane so interesting highly recommend if you guys are watching this you have to tell me in the comments like what your thoughts are because i'm just like mind blown about how crazy this show is lots of questions about what my next dream car purchase is so you guys came along with me on the journey to buy my dream g63 g-wagon matte black it took me forever to find the color combination that i wanted I am absolutely obsessed with this car. I love it. It was always my dream car and it was such a big accomplishment for me to be able to afford to buy myself this car, especially considering that what I drove before that car was completely opposite. But I don't really have another dream car purchase, to be honest. I'm not a car person. I'm very happy with the car that I have. And once the warranty is up, I'll probably just upgrade to the same type of car, just a newer version. Okay, lots of people ask this question. How's the house selling going? Lots of other YouTube videos about 
the new house that we bought about a year ago. It's my dream house in LA and why we started to try and sell it. Um, so if you have questions about that, you can go back and watch one of my previous videos. Um, but now at this point, we've had our house on the market for like almost six months and we've gotten one offer. I think from the time that we bought it last year until now, the market has changed a lot. Interest rates have gone up a lot. So it's just not the same level of competitiveness. Like it's not a great time to sell a house quite frankly. And the one offer that we got was literally $600,000 under what we had it listed for. So we were like, mm, I don't think we're going to accept that. So at this point, I think what we have decided is that we are going to stay put. And like, I, I went back and forth the whole time we had our house listed because it truly is my dream house. There's a reason why we bought it. The natural light, the windows, the size of the house, the pool in the backyard, like everything about it is just absolutely incredible, amazing. I love it. So I think at this point, what we've decided to do is stay in the house for a little bit longer, just kind of recalibrate. It's been actually really stressful having the house on the market this whole time and having to, I mean, anyone who sold a house knows this, but you have to kind of get it ready for every showing. You have to always be kind of like your schedule is all over the place. And I think it's going to feel really nice to just give it a couple months, settle back into our routine after the summer's over and then decide what we want to do. We've had a couple offers from like luxury Airbnb companies who are like your house would make a really good profit as a luxury Airbnb. So we might look at renting it out and creating another stream of income that way. Um, we might also just stay put for a little while. So I'll keep you guys updated, but right now I feel pretty good about the decision. Did you ever tell us who your famous neighbors were? Yes, I created a whole YouTube video around this, you guys. And it's not my current neighbors, but the last place we lived before we bought this house. Um, and I'll just tell you again right now, if you're watching, it was John Legend and Chrissy Teigen, which are like AA list celebs, right? How did you meet your boyfriend? <laughs> I'm trying to manifest a man in my life. Well, first of all, he's my husband, but a lot of people think that we're still dating, which I guess is a good thing. Maybe, I don't know if they think we just seem young and in love or what, but we've been married now for almost 11 years. Um, and so we met before dating apps. We met in real life at an like legit college party, which is such an OG way to meet. And it's kind of a funny story because at the time I was interested in his friend. <laughs> and so him and I became like just platonic friends at first. And then one day a friend of mine was like, hey, I know you and Eric are really good friends. Like, could I have his number? And I was like, no, he's mine. <laughs> so that was when I kind of realized maybe I have feelings for him that are more than just like friendship vibes. And then the rest is obviously history. Do you ever deal with melasma anymore or is it completely gone now? No, definitely still deal with melasma. Um, I don't know. You probably can't tell. Obviously, I have makeup on right now and this camera is really good because it kind of gives you like a beauty filter situation, but definitely still struggle with it. Um, it's something that especially in like heat makes it flare more. So in the summer, even if I'm wearing a hat, even if I have sunscreen on all the time, just my body being hot, it makes my skin flare. Um, so yeah, it's something I'm working with. I will keep you guys updated. I just started this new system of products called Jan Marini um, that are supposed to be really, really good for hyperpigmentation and melasma. It's a whole system. They give you like six different steps um, and you follow them all like carefully and it's supposed to really make a difference but I've tried so many things you guys for my melasma and it nothing seems to help long term but I still have faith that 
I will figure it out. And once I do, (laughs) you will be the first to know. Where are you going in Italy? So I got a lot of questions about this because Eric and I are headed back to Europe in a couple of weeks. I'm so excited. This might be the trip that I am like the most excited for that we've ever taken because we are going to some of the most incredible places. So we're starting in Lake Como, staying at this hotel. You guys, I I can't wait for the content that's going to come from this. I'm not going to tell the name maybe until after I leave, but it's so incredible. Um, We're going to be going to Portofino, two different places in Portofino, and then Ravello. I love Ravello. I've been there before and I just, I cannot wait to show you guys. Make sure you're following me on Instagram if you're not already. I mean, by the time that this comes out, the trip might be over or might be in progress. So come follow me there. Would you ever move to another country? And if so, where? So I don't think I would ever move to another country like full time, but I would definitely live in Europe part of the year for sure. Um, My dad is actually Italian. He's in the process of getting his Italian citizenship. So once he gets it, it'll actually be relatively easy for me to get it. So I think I will. And then at that point, at least Eric and I kind of have the option of if we did want to spend more than like three months or whatever the uh, visa time period is in Europe, um, we could do that. But again, I really love LA and I love being here so I can't imagine like wanting to spend the rest of my life in Europe but maybe switch off where's your last name from it's giving Scandi vibes I think they mean like Scandinavian yes it is Norwegian it is my husband's last name Tollefsrud I think I'm saying it right but to be honest I'm not even sure about the pronunciation one thing you need in your dream house so going back to what I said before I think the house that I live in truly is my dream house because the things that I wanted that were like non-negotiables I have a pool that's amazing large backyard for my dogs to run around beautiful pool just such a vibe in the backyard Um, huge windows all around the house to get lots of natural light also has that a big closet with a selfie mirror which I also have maybe I can insert some clips here while I'm talking about it just so you guys can like see what I'm talking about but the closet is one of my favorite parts of the whole house and then last but not least I wanted to have multiple areas for like filming podcasting and just no matter where I am in the house making content I wanted it to look pretty and aesthetic so I didn't have to like that the house that we rented before buying this house it was an older house so I had to be very specific about like the angles that I was shooting in because you know sometimes the stuff that was in the background of my videos just didn't look very good um and I I never really have to worry about that at this house so I mean I feel really lucky that I kind of all the things that I wanted in my dream house I kind of have what brand and model of microphone are you using? So at home, I use the Blue Yeti. Um, maybe I can have Eric put the the name or the model of the microphone. That's what I use for podcast recordings. Um, obviously, this is also a podcast recording, and but I'm I'm actually in a peer space right now, which is like a rented office. Um, I don't know what kind of microphone this is. Maybe Eric can put it on the screen right here and this one is better than the blue yeti that i have at home but it's more expensive so i am going to get one of these for my office at home once our house is taken off the market but since we're kind of in limbo right now um but yeah i definitely love this one this is like the best that you can get So about six years ago, I was living as a minimalist in a tiny house, thousands of dollars in debt, never spending a dime on anything non-essential. And I just started to have this feeling like, 
I want more than this. I want freedom to make my own schedule, to travel the world, to take bougie vacations and not limit myself to the cheapest food item on every menu anymore. Most importantly, I wanted to make an impact and help tons of people all over the world without hustling or working myself into the ground. Maybe some of you listening can relate to this. I just knew that there had to be a way to make passive, scalable income while I was at the spa, and even though everyone else thought that I was crazy, I created my first online nutrition course and proved everybody wrong. Online courses are a way to provide value to an unlimited amount of people at once in a completely passive way. Meaning you could be making thousands of dollars and enrolling new students while you're at the spa, which is actually something I do almost every week now. At this point, I've helped over 2,700 entrepreneurs in all different industries like real estate, hairstyling, makeup, homeschooling, motherhood, interior design, graphic design, human design, astrology, business and marketing, photography, language, social media, and so many others create profitable, scalable, and passive online courses inside my program, Online Course Academy. To learn more about Online Course Academy, how to choose a profitable topic, how to grow your audience from scratch without ads, and how to start selling your online course passively, I would love to have you come join my free masterclass called How to Make Passive Income with Your Own Online Course. The link to join the masterclass will be in the show notes of this episode and will also be linked in my Instagram bio at Rebel Nutrition. Remember, this is a completely free class, so there's literally no risk to join, but the rewards could pay off passively for years to come. See you there. How to work through a fear of flying. So I'm not sure if this question was direct, like asking me how to work through fear of flying or if they're saying like, would that be a good online course topic? So I'll kind of kind of answer it both ways. Um, I think that that would be an incredible online course topic, something that a lot of people struggle with. And if you can provide a outcome for people that can help them fly without anxiety or overcome their fear. I really think that that's something that people would pay for. I mean, think about how many people have to get like anxiety medication for flying or you know, never fly because they're so scared. So I think that's definitely solving a painful problem that people have. And when you're thinking of an online course topic that's profitable, it has to be something with a clear outcome that is solving a problem for a specific group of people. And I think that topic absolutely accomplishes that goal. Now, I personally have never had a fear of flying, so I can't really give any (laughs) feedback for that. I'm not afraid of flying. I fly all the time. I've never been scared. So I am sorry I don't have any any um, tips and tricks for that, but somebody needs to create a course on that topic. Okay, next question. Does your husband ever feel insecure with you making more money? This is a question that I get all the time and I have so many thoughts about this. It's such an interesting question because I wonder like if it were him that were running this business and making all of the money and me helping him with like camera setup, video editing, all of that, Would people ever ask me if I felt insecure? Like, it's just such a double standard of of like why he would feel insecure. I don't know. But anyways, having said that, no, he's never felt insecure with me being the primary breadwinner. I think that's one of the things that I love so much about him is that he is so secure in himself. He's never tried to dull my light or my passion or my drive to make a lot of money. He's always been so supportive and 
wants me to be the best that I absolutely can be just because he's, he sees how much joy it brings me to be running a business like this. Now, does he have goals and aspirations to make his own money outside of my business? Yes, absolutely. But not not because he wants to compete with me or make more money than me. I mean, if he did, that would be great. I would also support him in that. Um, but it's not like a competition in that way. I don't think either one of us feels insecure about the other one making money because at the end of the day, we share our finances. So we both know that like a win for one of us is a win for both of us. And I just personally could never be with somebody who was insecure by my success, by me showing up all the time on Instagram, by me showing my face being a like public facing business, making a lot of money, sharing about that, sharing like personal things. Like I really enjoy that. It's something that I really love and is why I created this business in the first place. And I just like anybody who was insecure about that um, it just wouldn't be. It's giving like controlling vibes almost like if you're with a partner that's like insecure or telling you like don't do that I don't know maybe I'm like kind of going off on a tangent here but no he's not insecure okay best croissant now you guys know I love a croissant and I've tried so many of them all over LA all over Paris and unfortunately like I've been surprised how many like less than great croissants are out there so the best ones that I've found so far in LA there's a place called Republique. It's like a little French cafe. They have amazing food. It's in like an old church building. It's kind of in a weird location, to be honest. The inside of it is cool, but the location like around it is like not the best. But you have to go there. They have amazing foods. Their croissants are amazing. They also have really good baguettes. I think they bake everything in-house. Highly recommend. And then also, believe it or not, I have had some really good croissants from Erwan in LA. So there's Erwan grocery stores all over LA but I think that their baked goods they have like a warehouse where they bake everything fresh and it tastes really fresh it's one of the most fresh croissants that I've had and it also I think they use really good ingredients so I'm thinking that they're using like real butter high quality like wheat or whatever they're using for the dough um but it's like the worst is when you go somewhere and the croissants are like kind of stale and don't have like the flaky buttery pull apartness that I'm talking about you know what I'm you know what I'm saying okay and then for Paris the best one that I've had in Paris is this place in the third arrondissement I don't know how you say that but you know there's like a bunch of different numbered areas like in the city because it is a big city so it's in the third and it's called I think they might have a, a couple different locations but this one is Totor Apan but um, this place is amazing. You have to go there if you're in Paris. Favorite state in the U.S. besides California and Hawaii? Um, <laughs> haven't been to one that's my favorite yet besides California and Hawaii. I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. Okay. This is just how I feel. I love California. I love Hawaii. I think they are the two most elite states. So what is the next big purchase you have your eyes on? Um, I got this question a lot, which is so interesting. So I have to be really honest with you guys. There was a time in my business where I really like I woke up every morning and I did like money manifestation because there were so many things that I wanted. Like, of course, I wanted the success of my business. I wanted to help tons of people, but I also wanted like I wanted to buy a house. I wanted to buy a G-Wagon. I wanted to go to the spa whenever I wanted and not worry about money. I wanted to shop at Air One or Whole Foods and not budget, not worry about, you know, how much is this costing? I wanted to go and just buy whatever I wanted and never feel that stress of like, ooh, can I afford this? And 
at this point, I feel so, so lucky and so blessed that I have accomplished those things. Like I've bought all of the things that I really wanted. I feel that sense of security around money that, I mean, I'm really not a crazy spender, but when I do go to the grocery store or I do go to the spa, I literally buy whatever I want, no restrictions. And it feels so good and so expansive to have that mindset of like, Everything that I'm spending money on, everything that I'm purchasing is really supporting like my highest self, my next level self, whether that's good food, whether that's relaxation, whether that's going shopping and buying something that's like a nice outfit for me to wear, whatever it is. And maybe some people think that that is frivolous. But if those are things that truly bring you joy and bring you happiness and those things are going to totally vary depending on who you are, what you're into and all of those things. I mean, I think that that is a good thing. And knowing too, when you're spending that money, having a mindset of these things that I'm spending money on are an investment in myself. And when I feel better after consuming this delicious, healthy food, or when I feel better being so relaxed after going to the spa, I'm going to be a better human. I'm going to be able to work better. I'm going to be a better wife. I'm going to be a better person in my relationships. Um, I'm going to have a better mental health after this. Like those are, I think, really the reasons why we all want to make money in the first place, right? Um, to buy the things that make us feel better and give to causes that we care about and invest in the things that are going to make our lives better. So that was a really long-winded way of saying that like, I feel like I kind of have everything that I want right now, which is a weird, a weird position to be in because I never want to feel complacent of where I'm just like, okay, I'm good. I'm just going to coast for the rest of time and I'm not like working towards anything. It's not like that. It's more of a like, I feel so grateful and so content with where I am, which is a feeling that I've not really ever felt before because I feel like up until recently, I've always been kind of striving. Like I would hit a goal and then I'd be like, what's next? What's the next thing? Like what? I just bought my G-Wagon. Okay, when am I, when am I gonna buy my dream house? Um, when am I gonna get my Birkin bag? <laughs> you know, like all those things. And then like after getting all of those things that I wanted, I'm just happy and content and I feel good. And I also feel like feeling that way brings even more abundance because I think one of the biggest like mindset money manifestation tips that I would give is even while you're working towards something else, whether that's a monetary goal or something else, feeling the feelings inside and visualizing what life would be like for you if you already had those things. How would you show up? How would you act? How would you treat your day? How would you treat your business if it was already making millions, if you already had 100,000 followers, all of those things, because you can kind of cultivate those feelings and act as if those things were in your life right now, even if they aren't. That is something that's totally up to you. And that was a tactic and strategy that I used when I was starting my business and I had nothing. Um, but now it's like, again, I really, every day I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, like what, what is next for me? It's kind of a question mark because I feel so content and good and secure, like with what I have right now. Um, it's kind of nice to just be in that spot for once and not be continuously like striving for something else, if that makes sense. 
Now, having said that, if I was going to make a next big purchase, what is on my mind? Um, and it's not like a needy thing, like I want this right now, but I do love the Hermes Kelly bag, the small one. Um, I'm actually not sure what the number is, but there's a cute little small black Kelly that I like um, that's, you know, on my radar. And then also right now, I'm just really into like home decor. Um, I think since I know now that we're probably going to be staying at our house, I really want to make it feel as comfortable and as homey as possible and make it really our style. So that's kind of like the next kind of big purchases on my list are home decor stuff. Next question is, do you and Eric fight? Getting a lot of relationship questions on this one. Um, yes, of course we fight. I feel like if somebody says that they don't fight with their partner, they are one, either lying to you or two, one person in the relationship, like there's some sort of maybe power dynamic or one of the partners is suppressing how they really feel because I just can't imagine a intimate relationship where you don't get annoyed with that person ever or you don't have conflicting viewpoints on something or you don't get into an argument or you simply just have spent too much time together and the sound of their breathing starts to annoy you okay I don't know if or maybe I guess if you don't spend a lot of time with that person but absolutely yes we do fight but I think that we fight in a way that I think is generally productive. Like if we do have conflicting viewpoints on something, I think we are really respectful of each other, hear each other's viewpoints. And yes, sometimes it can get, you know, emotional or whatever. Um, but after the argument or fight is over with, I think usually we end up feeling closer. Um, so I think that there is actually a way to fight beneficially <laughs> to work towards a common goal or understand each other better or create even a stronger bond. So I don't necessarily always think that fighting is bad. I mean, assuming that you're avoiding name calling and it's not a, it's not something that's happening like every single day. Okay, last question. Did Teachable pay you for the reel that they are using as an ad and how did you structure that? So Teachable, I love Teachable. It's the platform that I host my courses on. I talk about them all the time. They're the best. And I also do um, collaborations with them. Like sometimes I will create content for them and they will pay me. Um, I created a reel for them recently that they are using as an ad. So yes, they paid me for that. And these are all like negotiations that I have with them. So they'll reach out to me and be like, can you create a reel about this new feature? And I'll be like, yes, it's so aligned for me because I love and promote Teachable all the time anyways. And my audience is a bunch of course creators. So of course I want to tell them about this new feature anyways. Um, so we'll negotiate back and forth about the rate that they'll pay me and usage rights. So if they're going to be using that piece of content as an ad, then they will pay me more versus if they're just going to be using it like as a one-time post on social media, then it'll be a little bit less. But again, it's all a negotiation. And I would say anybody that is, you know, planning to work with brands, what I always do is I always negotiate, but I always ask for a little bit more than where I think that they will settle at um, just because it is a negotiation. So you always want to start high. They're going to start lower and then you kind of meet somewhere in the middle. So in terms of rates to charge, I honestly couldn't tell you what is standard or what is typical. I'm not you know, technically like an influencer. I don't make my money primarily off of brand deals. I make it off of online course sales. So what I look at when a brand reaches out to me to create a piece of content is I think about, okay, how long is it going to take me to create this piece of content for them? And what is my time worth? So to give you a specific example and to be very clear about how much um, they paid me for this recent reel, because I love money transparency, 
is to be quite honest, I thought to myself, okay, this reel is probably going to take me 30 minutes to an hour to create, um, to plan out, to film, to edit, to add the captions, all of that. And how much is my time worth? So one hour of my time, I equate to one online course sale, which is around $2,500. So when they first reached out to me, I said, I would like you to pay me $3,000 to create this one reel for you. They came back and I think they said, how about 2000 And I was like, okay, $2,000 for, you know, maybe an hour of work I think is fair, especially because I'm able to use this piece of content as well. Um, so it's really a win-win. So around $2,000 per reel. Um, again, more if they're using it as an ad. So I hope that helped kind of give you some sort of guideline. Again, it's really dependent on how big your audience is, what your time is worth, what the company or brand is going to be using the piece of content for. So I think a lot of times, if you aren't careful to negotiate or really read your contract, a lot of times I think people think, you know, I'm just taking this one photo that this brand wants to use of me. It's a selfie. Oh, great. They're going to use it and they're not paying me anything for it. And then you realize, you know, months down the line that they're using it on their website or they're using it in ads and they're essentially making money off of the content that you created and you don't have any rights to it any longer. So I think it is really important um, to make sure to read your contract and maybe even have like a lawyer or somebody look over it to make sure that you aren't like giving rights away. And then also making sure that you feel like you're being compensated a fair amount for that piece of content. Um I think is really important. All right, I think I'm gonna end it there, but thank you guys so much for hanging out with me this whole time. This Q&A was so much fun. If you have follow-up questions, I would love to connect with you over on Instagram. So make sure you're following me at Rebel Nutrition. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. And if you want to learn how to create, launch, and sell your own online course and make passive income from it, I highly, highly recommend watching my free masterclass. So I'm going to link to it everywhere. It's linked in my Instagram bio. It's linked in the show notes of this YouTube video, in the show notes of this podcast. You can also come over to Instagram and just DM me passive income and you will automatically get the link to watch the free masterclass. So again, DM me passive income on Instagram and my automations are at work any time of day, any time of night, no matter what country you're in. So you'll get the link to my free masterclass and you can learn all about Online Course Academy, who it's for, how to choose a profitable course topic, how to grow an audience online, how to make passive sales from your online course, and so much more. And I can't wait to see you guys inside the course. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Wealthy, Worthy, and Wild. If you enjoyed this episode or found it helpful, would you do me a huge favor and either share it on your Instagram stories and tag me or leave a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you were listening to this? It helps us reach more people with this message. I love and appreciate you all so much. And remember, the most effective way to attract your desires is to start showing up as the version of you who already has those things right now. There's nothing standing in your way from feeling those feelings today. Now go have a beautiful rest of your day.